At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, Hornets taking on the Detroit Pistons for the first time in this 2021-2022 campaign. Yes, the Hornets have already finished the season slate with the Warriors and Suns, two of the best teams in the NBA, and now, at least record-wise, the Hornets will see one of the weaker teams in the association tonight at the Hive. We'll preview that one for you, talk about one of the Hornets who's going to make a return, we think, to active duty today, and we'll talk power rankings. And we'll do it all with one of our favorites here on the HHC, oftentimes a host, always my producer on the Hornets radio, Network, Rob Longo, back with us again here on the HHC. Rob, you're still in health and safety protocols, hopefully on the mend. How are you feeling? Feel great, Sam. Just buying my time right now. So hopefully I am back with you guys in the studio sooner rather than later, but still can't keep me down and can't keep me away from the Hornets Hivecast. Well, we appreciate it. One piece of good news when it comes to health and safety protocols is topic one for the day, and that is P.J. Washington has been cleared from the NBA's health and safety protocols, and he will be listed as questionable for today's game against the Detroit Pistons. Now, we've done this once before, Rob. We thought P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges would both be coming out of the health and safety protocols at the same time. I think it was just before tip-off, or not quite just before tip-off, but within an hour or two of tip-off of the most recent home game against the Phoenix Suns that we got word that P.J. would not, in fact, be making his return and things were delayed just that much more. So, again, we've done this once before. Hopefully, this 
this is once and for all that P.J. Washington is out of the protocols, but he's a, a big missing piece here for the Hornets, an opportunity for them to really finally, for the first time in a long time and for only the ninth time all season, be at full strength. Yeah, and I think that the Hornets have really missed him the last couple games specifically because as we saw just the other night in Washington and the night before that as well against Phoenix at Spectrum Center is that the Hornets without P.J. Washington, they have gone really, really small pretty much essentially without a center the last couple of games. I don't know if that's just matchups or availability or what, but it's just really interesting to see the Hornets kind of trot out there without a traditional center in any sense. I mean, it comes down to Miles Bridges kind of play the five a little bit and I understand that you know PJ Washington is already a stretch five as it is but he provides you know a little bit more size out there than people think I understand he's a little bit undersized to play that five spot but if we've learned anything the last couple of games is that the Hornets have severely missed him the last couple of games out there I think if you know if you're able to bring him off the bench again he's one of those guys that's not going to start but he's going to finish the game and I think that's just going to be a added boost for this Hornets roster moving forward because like you said they haven't been full strength at all for really the majority of the year only a handful of games is really crazy to think about that way but I think the Hornets have sorely missed PJ Washington and hopefully they can get him back tonight at full strength against Detroit definitely agree with you it's a little odd you know I thought I would look at uh, the team's record with and without PJ Washington and see a team that really did not function as well without their backup center and their their stretch four out there on the floor but surprisingly team has gone 10 and 7 without PJ Washington this year comparatively speaking they are below 500 when he does play but historically speaking that's not been the case last year outside of Gordon Hayward no one had a bigger impact in terms of team winning when he was out there and losing when he was than P.J. Washington. I think he's one of those guys that's just, you don't really know what you have until it's gone. And I think we've noticed that the last couple of games where, again, I'm not saying that the Hornets are not looking very good out there without having a traditional center. I mean, they've been able to survive up until this point, but obviously you want to have a full deck of cards when you're playing the game. So the fact that you're able to get P.J. back tonight, again, he is listed as questionable. Hopefully he gets upgraded and is available to play, similar to what we saw some other guys get out of health and safety protocols most recently, like Miles Bridges, who was listed as questionable, then he got upgraded and was ready to go. Hopefully it's just a stepping stone and that that the team can really feel whole again and knock on wood, we're kind of out of the woods with all of these health and safety protocols and finally we can get the team together to finally get a little bit of chemistry going compared to what they had moving back into training camp and going into the first couple of preseason games as well. So, you know, hopefully that can all gel together and they can start peaking at the right time. Would make the Hornets one of the healthiest teams currently running in the NBA. By the way, looked it up real quick, last season, eight games without P.J. Washington. The team ended up going two and six without him, including one and five at home without P.J. Washington. So, again, the record this year a little bit misleading and, quite frankly, a bit surprising that they performed performed as well as they have without P.J. Washington. Hopefully this is the last stretch they'll have to go without him, and he'll be able to perform well starting tonight. Fingers crossed he is questionable for this one against the Pistons. Coming up next, we're going to talk power rankings here on the Hornets Hivecast. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. 
Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, brought to you as always by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. All right, Rob, it's one of our favorite topics. Both of us have taken the gentleman's agreement not to look at the power rankings we were going to discuss today so we can have an honest and sincere reaction when we uncover them. Hornets record currently sits at 19 and 19. They still have one of the most difficult schedules to this point in the NBA, both with the volume of road games. Hornets have played 24 road games to this point. That's more than anyone else in the Eastern Conference. And I might add, they have played more back-to-backs and will play more back-to-backs than anyone in the association as well. So team's record is 19 and 19. Question for you, Rob Longo, where would you put the Hornets right now in your power rankings? Well, these power rankings came out on Monday, so before the game in Washington, so the team would have been 19 and 18 at that point. Still very middle of the road, not quite 500. Based off of what we talked about last week with the NBA power rankings, I believe the NBA.com had them around the number 12 spot. So I am going to go ahead and say that ESPN has them ranked at 14, and I'm going to say they should be at 14. Okay, I'm a little further down than you. I think the Hornets, they've certainly had a tough schedule, and I factor that into everything. Um, But head-to-head wins and losses matter, too. I'm going to say 17 right now is where I think the Hornets should be. I think there's a couple of toss-ups out there, and when you have a toss-up, you kind of look at how the team did perform actually on the floor in the head-to-head meeting. And a couple of those situations, the Hornets uh, have taken the L. So I say 17, you say 14, ESPN says 13. Very surprising in in my opinion, considering the Hornets have had a couple of losses here. But the readout here for the Hornets, who at the time this was put out, they were one game above 500. This was before the Washington game, so not much has changed there. Charlotte had its three-game winning streak, snapped in a blowout loss to the Suns when this was put out. Good news is that LaMelo Ball is continuing to have a nice sophomore season, so says ESPN this publication. I would agree. 18 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists per game over his last five. Hornets do have the back-to-back home games against the Bucks coming up this week, so they indicated that could influence future power rankings. So both of us were off, both of us were over, and so the magic question here, Rob, is which of the teams do we feel that the Hornets should be behind that ESPN actually did put behind and we elected to put the Hornets in theory ahead of? So who did ESPN put behind the Hornets that you think should have been ahead of them. You get to go first. Your three options, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Washington Wizards, and the Dallas Mavericks. You go first. You know what? This is so tough. This is so tough. I mean, conventional wisdom would say the Wizards would be ahead of them just because of Monday's result. But keep in mind, too, is that the Hornets have beaten them twice already this year, and those two teams don't play again until the very last game of the season, which really could come down to a lot, you know, the way that these two teams' records have been and the way that the season has been so far this season as a whole. But, you know, Dallas is also sitting around at 500 mark. The Lakers are around the 500 mark as well. I would maybe say Los Angeles should be ahead of them. I don't think you can go wrong picking any of those three teams, but something about the Lakers right Right now, I know LeBron's been playing a lot better. I know that the record hasn't really been there, but I got to go with the Lakers, I guess. All right. I'm glad you took them because I really didn't want to have to make an argument for the Lakers, and I'll tell you why in a moment. I'm going Dallas on this one. Yes, all the teams we're talking about here, including the Hornets, are right around or at 500 as we sit here recording this podcast. The reason I say Dallas is twofold. One, they beat Charlotte, and secondly, 
they, like the Hornets, although not as severely, have had a more road-heavy schedule to this point. 17 of their 37 games have been home, meaning 20 have been on the road, so they should have a slightly more favorable schedule moving forward. The Lakers, on the other hand, they have had one of the most home-heavy first halves of the schedule in the NBA. They've got a lot of road games coming up in their future, plus all the injuries and absences and ailments that they've dealt with over the course of the season. So while I personally think the Lakers are the better team, the one with the better chance of eventually winning their conference head-to-head with Dallas, I think it's an uphill climb for them right now, and I think if I were doing power rankings of this moment, I would say Dallas as well. But again, I'm a little surprised that uh, Charlotte is has been put for the moment at 14. I thought for sure the, the six teams ahead of them in the Eastern Conference would go ahead of them. I'm kind of of the opinion that it's a toss-up right now with Boston, seeing as the Hornets lost the head-to-head matchup with the Celtics. And then in the Western Conference, just about everyone at or above 500, I think, could or should be ahead of the Hornets because either they have a better record and significantly so, or they've won the head-to-head meeting. So I think the the Hornets may be getting a favorable boost. I like the fact that they are. I like that the uh, general public out there and the, the experts out there are optimistic about the Hornets' chances. And look, I think the Hornets are in a great position to start climbing both the power rankings and the standings in the next couple of weeks because starting tonight, the home-heavy portion of the season commences. It begins against the Detroit Pistons, and we're going to preview that one for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC Game Day Edition. Hornets taking on the Detroit Pistons' first meeting of the season between these two Eastern Conference rivals. It's a rivalry that's been dominated by Charlotte in recent years. Detroit's still very much in rebuilding mode, very young team, but one that's won two straight games now, including a victory over the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks on the road just a couple days ago. Time to preview the matchup before we get to players and stats to watch. Rob, what are you looking for in this one? Well, I'm looking forward. This is going to be a little bit of a precursor to my players to watch, but I'm looking to see how the young guns match up against each other. I mean, there's been a lot of pressure on Cade Cunningham in his rookie season. A lot of people had him pegged as the proverbial rookie of the year pick before he even got drafted. I mean, you know, a lot of people looked at him being a number one overall pick. He was the number one overall pick going to the Pistons. And a lot of people expected him to do great things with a Detroit team that is, like you mentioned, still in rebuild mode, but also still very young at the same time and has a lot of talent on that team. So, I'm going to look at the matchup of Cade Cunningham and LaMelo Ball. That's the one that I'm really looking forward to in tonight's game. Should be a fun one to keep an eye on. Uh, The Pistons, as a lot of young teams, when they start to find their sea legs, if you will, they do it by kind of going away from the rookies, maybe leaning on some older guys. The rookies are still out there and still taking a lot of shots, but you know the stars of the game, particularly if you look back to their their win over Milwaukee with Sadiq Bey, a guy who's been in the league a little bit longer, has a little bit more meat on the bone that they're turning to. So we'll see who stars tonight for Detroit. With that being said, let's go to our players and stat to watch. You're the guest. Rob, who are you looking at or what are you looking at for tonight's game? 
So like I said, I'll just go ahead and reiterate, I'm going to look at Cade Cunningham as my player to watch for the Pistons. In that win against Milwaukee on Monday, he finished with 19 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. And you know, he's one of those guys that can do it all. He's not quite as close in similarity to LaMelo Ball, but he has a similar stature. He's very tall, very lanky, can play multiple positions if you really needed to. Of course, LaMelo stays at the point, but Cade Cunningham can kind of go 1 through 4 really down to positions. Shot 8 of 15 from the floor. The 3-point shooting was 3 of 7 from beyond on the arc on Monday, so Cade Cunningham's going to be my player to watch, mostly just because I want to see that matchup between him and LaMelo Ball. Well, with him off the board, for me, it's a close one between Sadiq Bey and the guy I'm going to pick, Hamadou Diallo. I'm going with Hamadou because he has had some really good performances against the Hornets in the past. Last year, he averaged 20 points per game against Charlotte in two head-to-head meetings. That was helped a bit because he had a career-best 35 points at home against Charlotte. That was in the Motor City, so he did not perform as well in the Queen City, but he does have that 35 on his resume, and it did come against the Hornets. He's in a pretty important year. He's on year one of a two-year deal, second year as a team option. He's getting an opportunity to play a lot of minutes here, get the ball in his hands, get a lot of shots up, and he's taken reasonably good advantage of it. Career high in field goal percentage. He's averaging in double figures. He's a really good athlete, former slam dunk champion. Three-point shot has certainly not come along to this stage, but he is someone who, if you let him be an athlete, if you don't focus on him at least a little bit he can put some big numbers on the board as we have seen previously head-to-head with the Hornets so Hamadou Diallo is my player to watch tonight for Hornets versus Pistons where do you want to go next Rob Hornets player or statistic to watch Let's stick with the players. I will take a look at Kelly Oubre tonight. He only had seven points on Monday in Washington, was a minus 17 on the floor, just did not shoot the ball very well in general. But when Kelly has had these poor shooting games and these low scoring games, he's responded in a big way. The last time that he scored in single digits was back against Utah on December 19th. The following game was that Denver game where he scored 23 points. If you take one step further back, when the team was in San Antonio, it was a win, but he only had three points. The following game, he goes out to Portland and drops. 18. So he's able to respond with these really big games after he has a little bit of a lackluster performance. And the Hornets are going to need some help coming off the bench tonight. So Kelly Oubre is my player to watch. Kelly Oubre is a good one. Uh, as you kind of alluded to, the bench needs a bit of a pick-me-up. Maybe it'll come from P.J. Washington returning for the Hornets here. It'll remain to be seen. But Kelly Oubre, as big of games as he's had for the Hornets, he's had a couple of contests where he's not disappeared, but he's had a tougher time shooting. And last night was one of the rare ones where he also didn't have that much success relatively speaking to what we've seen from him in the past in driving the basketball so I'll be excited to see what kind of numbers he can put up here against the Detroit team that has had some health and safety protocol concerns at different times over the course of the season this will be an interesting one I I like the pick I'm gonna go with I want to go LaMelo to be honest with you and and typically as I've spoken about previously on the podcast I go with guys and in terms of how they performed historically how they're playing right now and I tend to to kind of side with hot hands. LaMelo really has not been a hot hand as of late. He's had a couple of lower assist total games and a couple where even if he ends up with decent numbers, the percentage just hasn't been there the first couple of games here in the month of January. But I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to say Miles Bridges is my player to watch for this one. Miles last year was averaging about 15 points per game against Detroit and roughly 30 minutes per contest. I think the minutes, the usage is going to be way up this year against Detroit and he's coming off a really good game where he almost led the Hornets uh, alongside Gordon Hayward to a victory 
over Washington. He's playing pretty well right now. He's dialed in, coming fully off the health and safety protocols, and I just don't think there's a good matchup on the other side against him. Few teams have one, so I'm going to look at Miles Bridges as my player to watch for this one, although I've got my fingers crossed that LaMelo Ball breaks out of whatever you know minor funk he seems to be in over the last couple of games. Finally, statistic to watch. Rob Longo, what have you got? A couple different things catching my eye, but I'm going to zero in on the bench scoring, the bench points, kind of going off what I said about Kelly Oubre. The bench only had 20 points in Monday's loss in Washington. Detroit, on the other hand, though, in their game on Monday in Milwaukee, scored 35 bench points. That's because Josh Jackson scored 24 points coming out of nowhere, exploded coming off the bench for 9 of 13 shooting. We'll see if he's able to continue that hot hand, but the Pistons in general were able to go 10 deep in that game on Monday, provide a little bit extra depth. The Hornets, of course, you know, dealing with some of those health and safety protocols, not able to go that deep off the bench and haven't really done that a whole lot this season. They ended up going nine deep in Monday's loss. And of course, you know, if PJ Washington's good to go tonight, you would assume that that bench gets extended a little bit to a 10th person being PJ Washington. And they can maybe even go 11 if they really wanted to with James Booknight. But, you know, somebody's got to step up on that bench. Somebody's got to come off and score in double figures, whether it's PJ Washington or my pick, Kelly Oubre. I don't know. Hopefully it's both. And hopefully the Hornets are able to pick up a win because of a good secondary scoring market from the bench, considering that the starters really had to shoulder that load in Washington on Monday night. I'm looking at general pace of play and scoring overall for this one. I'm not saying points is the key, but I'm saying this game needs to be played at 120 or higher. Hornets have been able to get there fairly routinely. The reason I say that is because Detroit, the only games they seem to win are ugly ones, ones where the scoring is low, where both teams are under 100 points more often than not, or maybe one of them barely slides in to the 110-115 range. They've won one game this year where they've scored over 120 points. That was back in November at Toronto, who's also struggling through this season. They won that one 127-121, to 121. but you look at the rest of their wins, the point totals 110 at home over Orlando, 112 on the road at Houston, 97 against Indiana, 100 against Miami, 117 in overtime against San Antonio, and their most recent one, 115 in Milwaukee. This is a Detroit team that's young, it's talented, but it has a hard time scoring in volume. They need this to be a lower scoring game to even have a chance. I think the Hornets, if they can put a 120 plus on the board, it should be a victory. And considering the Hornets still, even with a couple of recent losses, are the number two scoring offense in the NBA, that's certainly in their wheelhouse. All right, there you have it. That's your game preview. That's your podcast for January 5th as the Hornets get set to take on the Pistons. It's the first of three home games at the Hive. The next two will be head-to-head with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks and two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. So whether or not you want to come to one of those or to tonight's game, we encourage you to go to Hornets.com and get some tickets for the contest. It's always a lot of fun at the Hive. It's been a great atmosphere and a great home court advantage for the Hornets. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Again, go to Hornets.com for all the ticket information. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here today on the HHC. And again, continued uh, best wishes. Hope you get well soon and get out of health and safety protocols. We got PJ. Next up, it's Rob Longo. Thanks, Sam. Hoping I can avoid the injury report sooner rather than later. And thanks most of all to all of you for tuning in. A reminder, we'll have another edition of the HHC tomorrow, breaking down tonight's game against the Detroit Pistons. Till then, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber. We'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.